electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod. It's Monday. We're getting you all caught up. Joe Kernan, too. This is how you welcome me back. With today's headlines, meme mayhem, Tesla price hikes, Warren Buffett's bet on Occidental, and so much more. I was watching a little bit. It wasn't all eyes. I might have had like one eye or maybe a half an eye. I was watching the markets, but I I was trying to relax. And Portfolio Hedging 101 with investor Anthony Scaramucci. Bitcoin still is not a mature enough asset to be regarded as a potential inflation hedge. You just don't have the wallet bandwidth in Bitcoin. Plus, dragons and thrones and streamers, oh my. Joe, we got a new show to watch, apparently. What if the hobbits met the the characters on Game of Thrones? Probably not possible. It's Monday, August 22nd. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand under by in three, two, one. Hugh Andrew. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Joe Kernan. Becky's off today. It's nice to see you, Joe. It's this been is, a while. This is how you welcome me back. But this uh, 3% or 2% loss uh, in oh. the NASDAQ, it was working for well, a while, Andrew, for four know. weeks. Four weeks we were, we were thinking maybe things were improving. We're back in the soup. Uh, crypto, uh, you know, Ryan Cohen, I was watching yep. that. What happened there? Can you tell me what happened there? It's our favorite place, Bed Bath & Beyond. What happened? You're right. You're right. We didn't, I didn't see you all last week. I can't believe this. What a crazy situation. How, what happened was he filed. What how happened low did was it go? He, Four? How low was yes, it? Yes. But you remember what happened? What the craziest part, though, was he actually filed these these uh, options, meaning he publicly disclosed them a while ago. I mean, a long time ago. And then Reddit came back and saw this new filing, thought they were new. Stock shoots up like to the moon. He decides, guess what? This is crazy. I should Whoa. get out of this immediately, right? And yeah. by the way, possible he even he even understood that that could happen because of the way the filings were going to be. I don't know. And I'm not suggesting it, there was no, I don't think there was any manipulation intent, but basically decides, okay, the stock is, you know, through the, through the roof. I should sell. Uh, he's not diamond hands. He's paper hands. And, uh, the stock then falls in craters, and everybody who's online who loves Ryan Cohen is screaming their, screaming bloody murder. Right. And we actually, have, we actually have shares called Ape now. I mean, that, is that like a wink and a nod? With, with that? So that, that's going to be a, a, something to watch today as well. The meme stocks, they're back, but they're, are they back in a good way or a bad way? I, don't, I can't, you know, you need to help me know. out with this. I thought everybody got so burned the first time, I didn't understand how it could happen again so quickly. Right. Check out AMC. Shares dropping sharply. That's off 34, call it 35% right now. AMC preferred equity units launch on the New York Stock Exchange today. The APE, APE shares were announced as a special dividend to Class A common stockholders. And AMC CEO Adam Aaron tweeting late yesterday. Remember, 
with the ape seeing its first trade on the NYSE at some time tomorrow morning. The value of your AMC investment will be the combination of your AMC shares and your new ape units. What do you think of this, Joe? I don't know. I got it. You have to factor in gold mining prices, too, and, and, and popcorn giveaways. I mean, it's just a lot to, you know, you throw it all in and I don't know what it's worth. I, I wouldn't even venture a guess. It's not about just whether you're going to see movies or not, is it? And people, people are still doing that. Look, you can make the argument that actually Adam, Adam Iron is doing everything he should be doing as a CEO if he's trying to keep this company afloat for as long as humanly possible. The question is whether he's doing it on the back of the shareholders or not, or whether they're actually helping themselves. I mean, meaning this might be the answer, right? I don't he, know. he needs to pay down debt. He has to. And this is one way to do it. Does it dilute you? Absolutely. Is there another option? It doesn't seem like there is at the moment. Meme stocks, uh, we've thrown our hands up in there the entire way. And Ed, I don't know, have we gotten any of it in terms of, of the, the big moves up and down? They're, they're inscrutable. It's impossible. I don't know how you, and, and I don't know, I don't know how, what it, whether it's the, is it the coalescence of all the Reddit and hype and everything it takes it one way or another? Because it's, it's not based on anything that you can you can uh, do logically, is it? You can't, you can't run any financial um, I, I think it's analysis. very hard to, to, to run a, D, a DCF model on any of these companies in a meaningful way skulls. at these prices. You know, Andrew, I, I got to tell you, I, I was watching a little bit. It wasn't all eyes. I might have had like one eye or maybe a half an eye uh, for the past right. two weeks. And no gambling, no DraftKings. There's still states that have no, it's like, Come into the, the future, would you please? Don't you need some, I don't know. There, there are places you can't do that. So I had no, no uh, DraftKings and, and I, you know, I was watching the markets, but I, I was trying to relax. Did you relax yet? Well, I'm, I'm gonna be relaxing in, in about a week. By the way, talking <laughs> about gambling, I don't know if you saw the other thing that happened while you, while, while you were hopefully resting a little bit was Dan Loeb taking a look big time at Disney but what he wants is ESPN to be spun out so we can go do gambling because his view is there's being money. There's so much money being left on the table because they're not in the gambling business. Talking about DraftKings and the like. Interesting. Yeah. Not, you know what? There. Work with me today. If if it, I'm going to pretend I saw everything. But if it looks like yep. I'm like sort of uh, not really that in tune with it, will you will you fill in the blanks I'll for try. me? I'll, I'll be try. back. I, I've got time. I've got time. I, it, I'll, it, I'll, it, I'll be back fully by September 1st. I promise. It's all good. We've got to bring you some corporate news as well this morning. Elon Musk saying that Tesla is going to be hiking the price of its premium driver assist system by 25% next month. Now, it's marked as the full self-driving option. For those of you in the know, it's a FSD. Currently costs $12,000 with subscriptions at $1,999 per month. Musk says the price will go up to $15,000 on September 5th. And you can watch a lot of those FSD videos as people try to show off their their autopilot self-driving features, which are still not totally ready for prime time. Joe, you see people having to put their hands on the wheel uh, every now and then, and they should be. We should we should caution those with a Tesla. You should be. Yeah. Keep your hands on the wheels. You know, um, I had the two day, actually four days total, you know, driving down a long way. Almost, yep. to, almost yep. to Florida, almost to Florida from here. So and, and I got wishing, wishing you had the autopilot close. The, the, the navigators, 
control is very, very good. It's very, very good. It doesn't do the steering, but all I got to do is steer. All I got to do is steer. Some strange things can happen if someone changes lanes quickly right in front of you and you've got a certain amount programmed into how right. far you have to stay behind. You stop very quickly. It's a little jarring, uh, but very good. But can I tell you something that you don't see on the highway, Andrew? What's that? Teslas. Well, that's interesting. For a drive of that length, you mean? You do not right. see Tesla. Then the minute I got back, Every other car was a Tesla. It's like 50% where I live. It's like 50%. So I, I went without, I was Tesla free for, you know, I don't know how many miles it is. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's, in every one of them I felt, um, the, it's, it's tough. And, but, but yeah, but no Teslas on the way. It must, be, it must be a pain, I think. It's a pain, right? If you're going 700 miles in if, a day or whatever. If you can't gas up, if you're going over 300, right, because every, every 300 miles, you got to find a, you know, right. a, t a Tesla charger. Right. And you probably got to hang out there more than, it's not, it's not a 5 or 10 or 20 minute episode at the gas station. It's longer than that. That's the, that's the conundrum. Probably uh, demographically, it's a little different headed down through some of those. You know, there aren't that many, there aren't as many Teslas as in uh, New Jersey, on the East Coast probably anyway, but on the highways, uh, zero. In other corporate news, uh, all these cars I think that, that I saw were using like hydrocarbons and Berkshire Hathaway warns no dummy. He's won regulatory approval to buy up to 50% of Occidental Petroleum. Buffett's uh, firm already owns 20.2% in the oil company. Fr Friday's uh, regulatory approval doesn't mean Berkshire must buy more Occidental shares. It does give it uh, the ability to acquire a larger stake. Th Andrew, in, in going through Richmond or certain places, you'd see a, there are a couple Teslas around. I, I'm exaggerating. But right. then when you get out, uh, you know, when you're in the middle of uh, North and South Carolina, you, there weren't any. No, I'm not kidding. So. But is, is this 95? Are we talking 95 all the way down? We're talking a straight shot on 95, except a quick couple of times you go around cities or, you know, we stay right. at a, a place that's uh, just outside Richmond on 295. But, yeah, for the most part, uh, I-95. It's fun. I-95. It's like Chevy Chase. Bit I got one of those, one of, one of, you know, I got the, the armored wagon and the, uh, just like the original on the way to Wally World. Not really. You know, it, Cousin Eddie, that, would, Cousin would Eddie panels? follows me. Cousin Eddie follows me on, on Twitter. That's my most famous and that's the one I'm most proud of, Randy Quaid. The one I'm most As well proud you of. should be. As well you should be. <laughs> You've got, uh, your, the, yours reads like a who's who of, of Hollywood types, doesn't it? I mean, it must, it no, be, you, no, you must no. DM, you, you DM the, the kings of Hollywood on your, on your Twitter thing, don't you? I, who's I, your most I, famous no. person? Come on, tell me the truth. Who's your, who's your biggest name? Most Steven Spielberg person. or something? You got to have. Uh, no, I don't know. Most famous person. I gotta, I gotta look. It's, you know, you can look to see who has the most followers. No, I don't know how to do that. You. Tell me how to do. I want to do that. I want to do that. I'll tell see. you during the commercial break. Okay. During the or for the for the viewers out there, I think we you ever go do get to, to that. I don't know. I think you got to look at your profile, and then there's something called analytics. And if you hit analytics, then you can look at a list somewhere in there. I don't. I don't know. I would like to see your list. I'd like to see your list. Shocker, Andrew. Okay. I'm, I'm dealing. When we come. It's a shocker. Something. It's an overload. Overload. Coming back, right? It is something. Trying is this something. latte. It got a double latte. All right. You got a double latte? You got... Cheers. Trying. You Cheers. got a double latte? <sighs> yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. Maybe I need okay. something stronger. 
Coming up on Squawk Pod, we're heading into the world of crypto, but we promise it's getting more mainstream by the day. Crypto and normal investor Anthony Scaramucci is next. Larry Fink and his team is setting up a product related to Bitcoin that is telling you that there is institutional demand out there. Whether they have a positive or negative opinion on Bitcoin, it doesn't matter. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC. Stand by, Joe, in three, two, one. His mic, here. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box here on CNBC, live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Joe Kernan along with Andrew Ross Sorkin. Becky is off today. It's dog days, isn't it? Uh, and what do we decide? Uh, it might be the last week. It's, it's not typically August 1st is not a dog day of August. Uh, or of the summer, but I think it's why like, dog days. We like dogs. What about we do. cats? Dogs are the Dow. We do. We like dogs. Um, I don't know. Dog can be kind of a, a used in a, a as a negative uh, connotation. You know, like a stalks a real dog or something like that. But um, right. I think we're getting close. August twenty second. If we're not, um, we're close enough in the market. Kind of acting uh, like it might be in one of those. Um, I don't know. Just in a bad mood. Anthony Scaramucci, Skybridge Capital founder and a CNBC contributor. Good morning to you, Anthony. We've been looking at uh, Bitcoin uh, down a bit, uh, ETH down a bit, but also, uh, well, it had been up a bit uh, on this uh, big expectation of what comes in September, the merge, which we should talk about. Um, what are you expecting at this point? Are we still range bound? Is this uh, going higher, going lower? I don't know how you want to you want to look at Bitcoin separately from from ETH? Well, I mean, I think everything's conjoined right now. I think everything's uh, being treated like a a risk trade. It's been coupled with the NASDAQ, Andrew. So uh, when that decoupling actually fully happens, it's hard to know. Uh, But a couple of bright spots going on right now. Number one, uh, if you look at hedge fund sentiment, that's something that Skybridge has tracked for 17 years it's resoundedly bearish, and there's lots of short positions that have been added over the last two months. So that's typically a contrary indicator for market. So that's a positive. The second positive is once the ETH merger takes place, there is a trade going on right now where people are waiting for the futures related to ETH. Um, so they're sort of getting long the merge, but potentially as soon as the futures get launched, they're going to get short the futures. I think that's creating some sloppiness. There's also some people believing that there'll be a fork in ETH, uh, which will actually be a proof of work fork. I don't think that's going to happen, uh, but I think that's creating some sloppiness there. 
Uh, but here's a couple of big bright spots. You know, the Blackstone, I'm sorry, the BlackRock uh, Trust, which is going to be a Bitcoin trust, is signaling that institutional investors are lurking and there's going to be potential large demand from institutional investors. And then my last point is I do believe that there's been some bipartisan momentum in the House and Senate. You could get some type of regulatory uh, vote from the House and Senate after the midterm elections, which I think would be a nice setup for 2023. Anthony, the the sentiment poll that you seem to be taking, uh, is that directed at crypto specifically or is that just market Broadly, because I imagine if you were to look at most hedge funds right now, they are positioned uh, insofar as they're thinking about the fall in a um, in a crouched position, dare I say. Yes. No, I think it's more broad. But I think what I'm, I'm basically saying is that uh, crypto right now is tied to risk assets. If the hedge funds are super bearish like this, uh, any bright spot, any news will right. cause short covering, which will cause a rise in crypto assets and the Nasdaq and other risk based Assets, Andrew. How, how connected do you see right now crypto and and what we're seeing is sort of the, the meme stock is back. I mean, look, we were watching the the, the wild roller coaster of uh, Bed Bath and Beyond, Joe and our 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 favorite company that we like to go uh, visit. But uh, you're seeing GameStop. I mean, you're seeing it. Yeah, obviously, we got AMC this morning uh, issuing this, this this new security. I mean, what's happening here and, and are they related? You know, I, I think they're related. I think that that's, that's signaling to you that there's still pockets of excess liquidity in the marketplace. There are still people that have made a ton of money over the last couple of years that are going to dabble in that momentum and play those sort of bee swarm uh, trades one way or the other. As it relates to the inflation, I think things are going to settle out. I think people are going to be surprised at the strength of the market going into the back half of the year and into early 2023. You can see it. Every time there's a little bit of good news, markets have a very strong rally. The crypto markets have a very strong rally. It just seems like there's a ton of short positions out there, Andrew. And, you know, people get their faces ripped off when they least expect it. Uh, Trust me, it's happened to me more than once. So what does that expectation mean for what we're going to hear from Jay Powell uh, in Jackson Hole later this week. He's made some wrong economic forecasts. So I think he's going to be ultimately very, very cautious. Uh, but the Fed is going to be very reluctant to uh, jack rates too high here. I think they are still in the camp. They're never going to say the word transitory again, but they're still in the camp that this inflation is non-systemic. It's supply-based inflation. And over the next 18 months, as the markets settle out, um, you're going to see a reduction in those numbers. And so I don't think the Fed wants to overly jack the economy and push us into a steep recession. We may get a shallow recession as a result of everything that's going on right now. So I just think he's going to be cautious. Uh, but we're really not going to get uh, clarity on the markets until we get better data related to the supply chain and better data related to inflation, which is going to come in the back half of the year. So this is sort of a, a setup for October, November uh, and uh, listen, I've been doing this a long time. This is my 34th year in the industry. When the hedge funds are this bearish, it's usually a good sign for the markets. Anthony, is any of this uh, inflation based on just too much money sloshing around, whether it's fiscal or whether it was the Fed's fault with M2 growth and everything else? Or And why wouldn't Bitcoin be a lot higher if it, it, if it really was based on 
uh, devaluing uh, currency. So there's a couple of things there. So yes, Joe, uh, you've got a 40 plus increase in M2 since the start of the pandemic. Uh, so that's just a tremendous amount of money chasing uh, assets, if you will, but also chasing things in the supply chain, which got disconnected as a result of COVID. So there's no surprise that we have this inflation. In fact, it's probably higher than what even the statistics are actually stating. Uh, but as it relates to Bitcoin, I've said consistently on this show that Bitcoin still is not a mature enough asset to be yeah. regarded as a potential inflation hedge. You just don't have the wallet bandwidth in Bitcoin. Uh, when I bought my first Bitcoin, it was about 80 million wallets, according to Glassnodes. There's probably 300 million wallets globally today. Uh, until you get into the billion, billion plus zone, Joe, I don't think you're going to see Bitcoin as an inflation is it's still an early adapting technical asset. Uh, but I will say this, you know, people are not paying close enough attention to what BlackRock is doing. If Larry Fink and his team is setting up a product related to Bitcoin, that is telling you that there is institutional demand out there. Whether they have a positive or negative opinion on Bitcoin, it doesn't matter. Uh, there was an expression back at Goldman Sachs in the early 90s, Joe, feed the ducks. You know, if the ducks want Bitcoin, set up a product and feed the ducks. And so I think this is a huge thing that's not being, you know, it's not saying it's overlooked, but it's just not being expounded upon right. as, as as much as it should be. All right. Good. All right. Thanks, Anthony. Good, good Let's to, go Mets, Joe. Did you watch? Did you watch yesterday? That was like it was I mean, it was it was, riveting. was it was actually it was actually exhausting to watch the game. I mean, there was a lot of, a lot of emotion I, going on. I was, say, I was saying that, man, if that guy could do it again and then he did it again, I, it was like such a but then I was. And, you know, it, I had a $5 bet to win 25 And I'm telling you, I was on the edge. My, my wife goes, how much money do you have on this? And I go, in the ninth inning, remember, they almost, they, 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 they let Phillies, the Phillies score another run in the ninth. I thought they were going to, you know, lose it with a walk-off. Didn't you? That's what I thought. But it's yeah, fine. I, you know, I was, I was confident once the Mets tied it. That guy it, didn't have his stuff. That, clo but, that closer me, didn't let, have let his stuff. Let me say this. You love the Mets, Joe. I think it's I'm pretty obvious to. to all of us Mets fans that you love the Mets, Joe. You don't want Joe. me. You don't want me. Well, come into the tent with us, Joe. It's nice and warm in here. You don't want me. Andrew, did, did you see the dog days? People explaining that has something to do with Sirius, the, the, the star and the, not the, not the radio uh, player. Not but the radio. I saw. The I, saw. I don't, I got to tell you, I don't, I don't know the whole story though. We need to, we need someone well, to it could be, come It's already over, us. the dog days, supposedly. Early. Anyway, like, we got to jump. Cheese will be next. Coming up, the two-year pause on federal student loans is about to end. Reporter Sharon Epperson on what Americans really think about student loan forgiveness and the bills to pay. We're seeing a significant increase in people really feeling some financial pain. Plus the battle for streaming supremacy. Julia, did you stay up to see it? HBO's House of the Dragon taking on Amazon's Lord of the Rings. Julia Borston on the fantasy fight. This is a high-stakes attempt to extend the streamer's most valuable franchise, Game of Thrones, with a prequel. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture-proof of delivery, package-less and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.
You're listening to Squawk Pod. Here's Joe Kernan. Just days now away from the Education Department ending its more than two-year pause on federal student loan repayments. Many borrowers are hoping the Biden administration will extend that August 31st deadline and offer more debt forgiveness. But a new CNBC poll finds many Americans believe that could have unintended consequences. Our senior personal finance correspondent Sharon Epperson uh, has more. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Joe. President Biden does have a tough decision to make on student loan forgiveness. You know, after battling higher prices already, a majority of Americans, 59 percent, are concerned loan forgiveness will make inflation worse. That's according to a new survey by CNBC and Momentum. That concern, though, may be overdone. Over half of adults polled, 53 percent, say if forgiveness put extra money in their monthly budget, they would pay off other loans. And 45 percent said they would save that money for retirement. But nearly one-third of all adults, 30 percent, say there should be no student loan forgiveness for anyone. If you dig deeper, there are some sharp divides among those who hold this view. While 39 percent of men say no loan should be forgiven, just 22 percent of women say that. Only 19 percent of young adults between 18 and 34 years old say no loan should be forgiven, versus 39 percent of those over 65. Overall, 34 percent of adults say only those in need should have loans forgiven. And 32 percent want loan forgiveness for all who have student debt. The Biden administration has approved nearly $32 billion in student loan relief so far, and the Department of Education says it is working to improve existing programs to make it easier for borrowers who qualify to get their debt discharged. And Joe, Education Secretary Miguel Cardona yesterday on NBC talked about the fact that we will hear something about loan forgiveness expected this week. We know uh, August 31st is a date that uh, many people are waiting to hear something from. We've been talking uh, daily about this, and I can tell you that uh, American people will, will hear uh, within the next week or so. Uh, it won't be nothing. And the Department of is it Education fair to say it won't be nothing? Around that. Well, I don't have any news to announce today, uh, Chuck, but I will tell you the American people will hear directly from us uh, because we recognize this is an important issue across the country. CNBC did a student loan survey uh, back in January. How much uh, did respondents, uh, did their views change uh, since then? Well, we saw some interesting data on in terms of their current financial situation. When people were polled back in January, over 5,000 people, they, about 29 percent of them said that their financial situation was worse than it was two years ago. When the poll was just done in early August, that number jumped to 39 percent of Americans saying that their financial situation is worse than it was two years ago. So we're seeing a significant increase in people really feeling some financial pain. Mm. Okay. All right. Thanks, Sharon. The debut of the House of Dragons last night attracting enough viewers to crash the site for a few thousand unlucky subscribers. That could be some good news, actually, for Warner Discovery's strategy to win the epic streaming wars. I want to join uh, us now with uh, Julia Borston uh, on the West Coast. Julia, did you stay up to see it? I didn't. It, it was too late for me last night, but that's the beauty of streaming. I, I can catch up and watch 
that first episode of this new show tonight. But here's the thing about House of the Dragon, which launched on HBO and HBO Max last night. It wasn't just about a new series. This is a high-stakes attempt to extend the streamer's most valuable franchise, Game of Thrones, with a prequel. This comes after the last season of Game of Thrones disappointed and annoyed some of the series' most devoted fans. And at a reported $15 to $20 million an episode, the new series comes at a time when HBO Max and other streamers are anxious to draw and retain consumers who are expected to be cutting back on, on subscriptions and cutting back on costs right now. With Warner Brothers Discovery shares down about 44% year to date and CEO David Zaslav looking for billions of dollars in cost savings, Benchmark's analyst says this franchise could be integral to the success of Zaslav's new streaming strategy and could buffer subscriber erosion. Now, after the media giant says it added 1.7 million streaming subscribers between the first and the second quarter, this fall is a crucial season for HBO Max to both retain and add subscribers. And all this comes as it competes with Amazon's biggest content Bet yet. In just about a week and a half, Amazon Prime is launching The Rings of Power. That's set long before The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, with five seasons expected to cost over $1 billion. It's been called the most expensive TV series ever made by far. Um, and along with Thursday night NFL rights, this is all part of Amazon's strategy to use big brands to draw and retain those all-important Amazon Prime subscribers. Now, it says something about the state of the media industry right now that the biggest content face-off of the year it's not blockbuster movies, but rather about streaming. And Andrew, I just want to note that each of those two series, the one from Amazon and the one from HBO Max, they're both going to be dropping shows one a week as we see a move away right. from Netflix's binge model. So is, I've been reading the reviews. I haven't seen House Dragons yet. The reviews have been pretty good. I mean, I think across the board, um, they say that they sort of sidestep a, a straight-up comparison with Game of Thrones. But for the most part... It seems like it's a winner. We'll it see, seems, obviously, it, with the ratings this week. We'll see with the streaming numbers. I mean, of course, it's also interesting because it's not just about TV ratings. It's also how many people are streaming. And word of mouth really matters, right? This is going to be the kind of thing where are people going to say to their friends, hey, you got to go subscribe because it's so worth it just for this one show. That's the power that this kind of a show can have if it's good. Um, who's got more riding on it, though? Amazon or you think HBO? It's a very different value proposition for both of them, right? A Amazon's trying to keep people in their in their prime ecosystem so they'll go buy more paper towels. For HBO Max, this is more of a standalone operation here. And I think right now, especially considering that they just did the merger uh, with, with Warner and Discovery, right now I think probably they have more writing on this show. Do we know how much they're spending? Well, we the, it's been reported at between 15 and $20 million an episode, of course. Um, that's just reported, and there's millions more on marketing, et cetera. So it's really just about how it fits into that franchise. I mean, so how that franchise fits into the streamer. Right now, they need something that's a massive hit that's going to get people to come sign up. And if that show works, they can keep on extending it um, and have more spinoffs and prequels and the like for years to come. Julie Borston, thank you. Nice to see you. Thanks. Joe, we got a new show to watch, apparently. Just trying to put together a, an idea just at the very early stages of like a Godzilla versus King Kong. What, what if the hobbits met the, the characters on Game of Thrones? What, is there any way to merge uh, uh, Tolkien? And uh, do you think that's po probably not possible? Just trying um, to think when of, Amazon ends up buying... Uh, Warner, Warner Brothers Discovery down the line, when, when, when everybody consolidates <laughs> to just be Amazon, right. 
yes, there, there's probably a spinoff that that puts them all together. The, Little bit like Earth, the Marvel characters, they'll Middle just Earth merge them all what, together. What's the place in Game of Thrones? Uh, Westeros. Westeros. King's Landing, Middle Earth, right. the Shire. No, it's not going to work. I love both. Don't you? I do. I do. I love the uh, the, the Rings trilogy, and I don't know. We'll see. I, it's tough. Do you think it'll be like G two, or do you think it'll be like G three? Godfather two or Godfather three? I hope it's like two. Oof. Tough to do. I a think sequel. it's. I mean, the reviews. I, I'm our producer. It says it's great. I think there's a lot of people loving it. Which producer? Mr. Contino. He's savvy. He's savvy. He's uh, savvy, right? Yeah. About this kind of stuff. Yeah, not business news. Really. No, ah! I'm kidding. Yeah, this is probably a good time to remind you of the hardworking Squawk Box team, the bookers, producers, and control room staff who have made Squawk Box an institution for 27 years and who keep it all going every morning. So our audience gets the latest headlines in business and economic news and compelling conversations with the movers and shakers of Wall Street and beyond. This podcast is a reinvention of our three-hour morning show in about 30 minutes, so you can listen anytime, on the go even. Squawk Pod is produced by me, Katie Kramer, and Cameron. Costa. Big, big thanks for the assistance of AJ Horch, Sarah Lynn Hartman, and of course, for the hard work of editor Rafael Gonzalez. And thanks to you for tuning in. We'll meet you right back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.